this thing on? This podcast has been brought to you by a 4i production. And now let's start the show. Drop top Porsche, roll it on my wrist, diamonds up and down my chain. Cardi B straight something, can't tell me nothing, boss up and now I change the game. It's my big boss, baby, got all them girls shook. And my big fat ass got all them boys hooked. I went for dollar bills, now we popping rubber bands. And then sing to me while I'm on my dance like, hey, hey. Sixing on the gram like, hey. Hit the little dot, okay. 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 Oh, yeah, we're dripping the finesse, we get paid. Ow. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I, I am a girl named Tiffany. And I am Courtney B. Courtney B. What? Courtney B. Cold as hell, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> I say damn Frio. Like, can we bring on the spring and the summer? Because this right here is not for me. Okay. I didn't know there was an expletive that went in between I say and Frio. Well, it is in Courtney B. Land. <laughs> I say damn Frio. Well, guys, welcome back to episode two of the Culture Shock podcast welcome back thank you for joining us again exactly we really um appreciate i gotta stop saying um we appreciate all the love (laughs) that you guys showed us last week and i need to revisit this one thing that i promised i would bring back to you um so last week we were talking about another trip around the sun (laughs) (laughs) so so after i went and looked it up and i consulted the powers that be it still is associated with your birthday, like 365 days from one birthday to the next. She's got her lip pursed Who up. Who told you, you that a hater? Who um, told my, you that was hating on me? Google. <laughs> well, Google, Google is, is a hater. Because, okay. listen, my social media followers do not lie. They was liking it and hyping me up, and so they correct. Oh, my God. Okay. They are correct. I'm still going to use it that way, even though Sister Google done made a fool of me, but it's okay. I guess there's more than one way to skin a cat since that's my theme for today. <laughs> so three, yeah. 365 days is 365 days. So I guess we were kind of both right. Yes, we were. I like it. Uh, <laughs> all right. So one thing I enjoyed since last week's show is some of our listener responses. The bomb listeners. Y'all have been so supportive and we just appreciate all of you. So I'm going to let Tiffany go ahead and talk about some of the Um, feedback that we received from you all yeah so some of you guys responded to our call to action uh when we talked about what this was the year of for us you shared what this was the year of for you or you just shared some positive feedback for us and joyce's dot son on instagram hit us up and he said that this was um well i'll quote him i'm nurturing my individuality this year being a creative and sharing more of my being with the world and i just thought that was pretty amazing because you know, we're all stifled at some point in life. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. the fact that he's taking this opportunity to really open himself to the universe, open himself to experiences and people and his own creativity, I thought that was pretty amazing. It is, and it's amazing that, you know, um, with us being so new that you guys were willing to share, you know, such sensitive information. So we appreciate you for sharing that on our IG page. Yep. Um, you got anybody over there? Um, yes. So, um, one of our social media followers, um, actually sent me a direct message and basically just, um, commented on how he felt like we mesh well together. He enjoyed listening to us. And that is Marcus and his Instagram is at, um, yeah, M B B B M 
Y-E-A-H-M-B-B. So thank you for giving us that positive feedback. Um, we don't take it lightly um, for those of you that have been listening to us and, you know, um, giving your feedback. So we just appreciate that. And if you're listening, go follow him now. Awesome. Two more people hit us up. Paint, paint Out Loud, I think, 215 on IG said that uh, for her this year is self-care. And her, right? Yes. Go back and look. Yeah. Hey, Shamar. Oh, friend of the show. Okay. <laughs> Friends of the show. Hey, Shamar. And then Tracy Pooh 30 uh, said that this was the year for finishing her degree and going forward in her career. Yes, girl, you're going to be educated. Okay. So if you guys are friends with any of these individuals, uh, make sure you hold them accountable and make sure, most importantly, that you keep them encouraged. And if you're not friends with them, then go make friends. Mm-hmm. It's always good to have friends, good friends. But you know what? Something that's key is learning the difference between good friends and associates. But that is a topic for a whole nother podcast. Okay. <laughs> so let's hit some of this good, bad, and indifferent. So I have a lot of good things uh, that I heard since our last show. A lot of good things. We love good things. We love good things. <laughs> one of those good things is Cardi B. Cardi Bizzle. Yes, yeah, so you know she's one of my favorites. And Cardi, this week, is officially in good company. She joined the ranks of the Beatles and Ashanti. Can and we clap. get a hand clap? And have a praise from the church congregation. Exactly. So she's holding three accompanying top ten hits in the top 100. So that's No Limit, Motorsport, and Bodak Yellow. And then Bardier Cardi is at number 14. So awesome. it's not in the Cardi. top. Exactly. Me too. <laughs> you know, people try to argue me down about her and say, you know, all kinds of negative things that I won't repeat because it's not necessary. But um, I like Cardi. I've been following her for a long time and I have the, I don't know her personally, but I feel like what you see is what you get. It the is. same person I was watching on Instagram two years ago is the same individual you see with her grandmother. She's just very transparent and that's why she's winning. That is why she's winning. Like Cardi is authentic and I always say that about you know people that are on reality tv or you know music artists and things like that like you get far more being your authentic self and you're able to keep that up throughout your career and so I just really love Cardi I think she is who she is and you can take it or leave it but it seems like the majority of us are willing to take her as she is and support her so big ups to Cardi B yeah what about you um, one of the, um, you know, good things that I um, heard this week was um, the election of the first black yes. female mayor in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, her name is Nakuya Walker. So, you know, just six months ago, we had that whole fiasco with the white supremacy and, um, you know, the unfortunate uh, murder of, you know, some, some protesters out there in the name of you know, equality and, um, you know, ending racial discrimination and all that type of stuff. So just big ups to um, that community for showing up and showing out and electing the first black female mayor. That's like, you know, some of the best news that I heard this week. I agree. And uh, we're seeing a lot more of that. It's a beautiful thing. Just beautiful. A lot of firsts. It shouldn't have taken this long, but it's a lot to celebrate in 2017. And now in 2018, we're going to continue on with that trend. And I know here mm-hmm. on the podcast, we're we're adamant about voting, mm-hmm. about knowing uh, what's going on in your community, about understanding the views of the individuals that are running for office in your community. And so we're going to be uh, supporting, especially locally, supporting 
individuals and and the movement as it pertains to voting rights and getting people registered and making sure people know where to go, where their poll is uh, in the upcoming year? Yes, because um, just to throw this in here, um, November the 6th, 2018, um, that is midterm election. So that's very important that if you're listening or you know, um, you have friends that you're going to um, send to us to listen, just to make sure that everyone gets registered to, to vote and, um, you know, to just to search out local resources that may assist you with that, because it's just very important that we try to get this House and Senate back blue. OK, OK. <laughs> so I have something from uh, the local area, if you will, at least from North Carolina. Do you know who Dr. Julia Neffer is? I do, but for the folks who don't know, I'm sure you're going to fill them in. Absolutely. (laughs) So exciting. My cheeks hurt. I can't stop smiling. So she's a North Carolinian. She's beautiful, and I mean gorgeous and obviously highly intelligent. Um, Julia started college when she was 12, 12 12 years old, uh, and her four years prior to that, her parents were advised to homeschool her. So she had been homeschooled for four years, started community college at the age of 12, and can't remember which community college she was going to, but she just completed her, her PhD from the University of Wisconsin at 23. She's got, oh, I know what it was. She had two associate's degrees by the age of 14. Oh, my goodness. And then she got her bachelor's at the age of 16, and now her PhD at 23. So, uh when interviewed her mother was saying you know it would be nice for her to come back home but basically she's really ambitious and um she is actually looking forward to forward to working in japan she's she's looking for job opportunities in japan at 23 and she i remember reading somewhere that she made the statement that she hasn't really been out into the real world Mm -hmm. because she's been in school her entire life and i was thinking well that's how everybody felt at 23, <laughs> it, yes. except you have your PhD. Mm-hmm. So. And so she's like done because that's like a terminal degree, like that's it, right? Like there's nothing else. Right. So you, so, you can always go back and be educated and, mm-hmm. and get certifications, but, you know, that's pretty much the pinnacle there. Well, yeah. congrats to her. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, yes, she is black. That's why we're talking about her on this show. <laughs> black girl magic. Exactly, and uh, I'm really proud of her. I don't know her directly, but I'm extremely proud. Thank you. Go, Julia. Exactly. Uh, What else? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead, girl. It's your, floor. It's your world, squirrel. I'm just trying to get a nut. Don't do that. I, no, I don't mean that literally. Whoa. Do not mean that literally. <laughs> Several several things. Family Feuds video came out yes. after we recorded last week. You know I'm in love, and I do mean in love with Ava DuVernay. Yes, Every time are. I think about her, like my eyes just, I go crazy. <laughs> we love us some Ava. Ava is so brilliant, and I just love the fact that she pushes, um, you know, black female actresses just in your face. Like she doesn't let um, anything get past her, and we. Really, really appreciate that, and and the video was was epic. I have to say, although I love the video, I love the fashions, I love the concept. My favorite part was my niece Blue Ivy. <laughs> I just love her. I just think she is the cutest thing. So anytime I get to see Blue, and you know, just see her on screen and just living her best 
baby toddler life. I just lived for it. So that was my favorite part was just seeing, you know, Blue Blue in the video and just, you know, getting to to really see her grow up into um, a young lady. I just I just love seeing Blue. Shout out to Blue Ivy and happy belated birthday. Right? Is it today? No, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Okay, happy belated birthday, uh, Blue Blue. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know y'all new address, uh, so your package may have got lost in the mail. But happy birthday, Blue. And, I, you know, from here at the Culture Shock Podcast, we just want to let you know that we love you. And happy birthday. I'm tripping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tripping so hard. Um, yeah. Well, maybe it's today. I think it's today. Okay. It's the seventh. Is today the seventh? Yes. Yes. So her birthday is today. Oh, so you really are her aunt because you do you, know. I know my nieces. Okay. I, like I know it. their birthdays. Okay. That's I have cute. I have them all written down on my calendar, and Blue Blue's birthday is today. And don't be laughing because I call her Blue Blue. Okay. That's her name. I just <laughs> I laugh because I love you. That's all. I love you too. So. <laughs> Also, one of the blackest movies you'll see in 2018 is Black Panther. I yes. cannot wait. I'm I'm tempted to dress up and yeah, go at you, least twice. Get you one of them froze from the beauty supply store, put your afro wig on, and show up in there all black. Like, why not? We can make an event of this. Right. I don't know, though, because I might have to don my afro wig for uh, Proud Mary, because that's like next week. Well, you can do a repeat, girl. This is true. You, when you buy stuff, listen, I don't believe in those rules. When you buy stuff, I will wear it how many ever times I want to. You can get tired of it. The seams can fall out. Until I get my dollar's worth, like I'm going to wear it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, it came out this week that Kendrick Lamar and TDE will be curating the Black Panther um, album. Yes. Ready. When I say I had to sit down for a minute just to think about how black, I'm how sorry, black how black that movie, black how black movie, album is. A black ass movie and a black ass soundtrack, and my black ass will be listening to it. Okay, pumping it, bumping it. I'm just excited. Um, you know, like Every on day. our last podcast, we talked about you talked about the experience you had at. Kendrick's concert, mm -hmm. and you know anyone that knows um, us knows that we love Kendrick and we support him. So I'm excited for the movie. Um, I hope that all of you listening are gonna go support and you know download the soundtrack on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or whatever or title or whatever you know the 1,000 music apps available to you that you have access to. You download it and just support because um, you know like. Movie soundtracks are epic. Like, I think back to, like, Above the Rim and what? Bodyguard yeah. and Expect The Preacher's Wife. Waiting to Exhale. Waiting to Exhale. Even, um, I can't think of any that are, are more recent, but those ones that we mentioned are, like, some great soundtracks. So, I'm hoping that this will, you know, one day be in that category and we can all, you know, be bumping it 10, 15 years later. Yeah. I just know it's going to be the blackest album that you hear since Waiting to Excel from what's sure to be the blackest movie that you've seen since Friday. And I cannot wait. Um, I can't either. So I just okay. wanted to touch on that, too. Any more uh, church announcements? I got lots of stuff. <laughs> Any more good things you want to talk about before we get into what this episode is really about? Yeah, so tell me, what do you want to hear first? Do you want to hear something that's going to pull at your heartstrings or something that's just really uh, neat and inspiring? Well, both are inspiring, but... Um... Um, let's get some inspiration because um, keeping in line with our um, uh, call to action from last uh, the last podcast, you know, with... Um, 
figuring out what this is the year of. You never know. Sharing that story may help someone kind of figure out what this year means to them or inspire them to do something great or to go after a dream that they've been, you know, um, having inside of them for a long time. So go ahead, like give us something inspiring. Okay, so I was inspired by this story, and I, I'm sure that you've already heard it in several of our listeners too, but it's just a testament to how sometimes things, good things take time, right? So Essence is fully owned by a black person again, clank, 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 clank. right? <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Um, so Rachel Dennis is the owner of Sundial Brands or was the owner of Sundial Brands. I just want to give you some um backup information because people have been saying well essence is black owned so i kind of wanted to give you a quick rundown of how that happened so Rachel you owned um sundial brands which if you're not familiar with is the host of shea moisture and nubian heritage okay so uh he completed the purchase of the magazine and he said well he, he cited his reason as being uh to serve and empower women of culture mm. of, or of color excuse me so, about 18 years ago, the two of the original four founders of Essence, who are Clarence Smith and Ed Lewis, I believe, mm -hmm. sold 41% of Essence's stake to Time Inc. Just bear with me here. They were trying to get them coins. Exactly. It was over. It was they time. Like, Look, I'm tired. I'm ready to go home, kick my feet up, and y'all can have this magazine, okay? Exactly. Essence <laughs> is, is about to be 50 years old. If you, technically, they're 50 years old this year um, because they started Essence Communications in 68? Wow. Yeah. a long time ago. It is a long time, so, so I understand. So then uh, they sold the other 51% in 2005. So just think about that. That's 2005. This is 2018. Dennis made his move to buy the entire company uh, just this past year in 2017 when he found out that uh, Time Inc. was being sold to the Meredith Corporation, okay? So he found this out in November, just this past November. And the Meredith Corporation hosts Better Homes and Gardens um, and the Family Circle. So there's this deal going down for $2.8 million in cash. Not just $2.8 million, but $2.8 million in cash, which I, I believe is one of the reasons why it's not finished yet. Um, so Rachel you sold Sundial Brands around that time. He sold Sundial Brands to Unilever. Yes, Unilever. And if you're not familiar with what they host, that's, I mean, too many to name, but I'll just go through a few so you understand. Dove, um, Axe, Vaseline, Lipton, Popsicle, Country Crock, Suave. They do Briars. I believe they do Bertoli. Uh, so they have like Brist, a monopoly of products. Slim Fast. Like Girl. Several other subsidiaries. Magnum Ice Cream. Anywho, he sold to them and purchased Essence Magazine, making it black owned at 100% in almost 20 years. But it was like a big move, mm -hmm. right? So he paid $2.8 million in cash? No. So just to retract, um, to the $2.8 million, I'm sorry, it wasn't million. It was $2.8 billion that the Meredith Corporation um, was acquiring Time Inc. Okay. So 
all that to say, we back. It was a boss move. It was a boss move. So well, I, I just want Shea Moisture not to have any more of those insensitive commercials. Because listen, I knew that was gonna come up. Listen, now that I'm was a big you, thing. No, I'm telling seriously. you right now, Shea Moisture is like my staple product for mm. my hair. Mm-hmm. But I was seriously on like a boycott tip for about two weeks. Yeah. Okay. And then when my hair got real <laughs> strange <laughs> and confused, I said, well, you know what? Uh-uh. <clears throat> I ain't going to tell nobody, but I'm about to go in here and get me this Shea Moisture. So big ups to them. I just hope that, you know, they have realized who their um, base is and, and they understand that they have to keep us happy and don't be putting no more of those bullshit ass commercials out because that was some bullshit. I'm sorry. Excuse my language. It was bullshit. But kudos. You just told everybody, though. You said you weren't going to tell anybody, but you just told everybody that you went in and bought Shea Moisture Listen, okay, yes. I I still use Shea Moisture. I had to retract my boycott initially, but it's okay. Like, I support them. They're black-owned. As long as they keep us happy, the base, I will continue to support. And as long as, you know, they do good on my hair and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I can't with you. Okay, so the heartstring story. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Drum roll, please. Did you hear the story about the breakfast uh, with dads in Dallas? Yes, I did. Oh, my God. All the dads, all the dads showed up and showed out. Oh, I had such a physical response to, like, how my emotions are and that my palms started sweating and my skin started tingling and my eyes welled up with water. Like, I was so excited to hear the story, so... For those of you who haven't heard, uh, Breakfast with Dads in Dallas was at Billy Earl Dade Middle School in in Texas. And so they were hosting breakfast for about 150 male students ages 11 to 13 years old. The organizers were afraid that some of the students weren't going to have representation. So I can't remember the girl's name. Christina Dove, I believe is her name. She... What's her title? Uh, She's a member of the site-based decision-making team. Mm -hmm. She put out a call to have 50 extra males join them just in case, you know, for the young boys who didn't have anyone there to eat breakfast with them because you know how important it is to see representation. And you're used to seeing your teachers, but Mm -hmm. once you see that outsiders also are also concerned about your education, now that's a whole new ball game, right? So... They requested 50 extra men. Guess how many men showed up for this breakfast? Oh. How many? How many? How many? <laughs> how many showed up to the breakfast? I do have to say this before I tell you how many. So the school is 90% low income. Okay. 600 men. 600 men showed up. And when you see the photographs, right, so this isn't to take anything away from anybody who came. But when you see the men that showed up in that photograph, Courtney, minorities showed up. I was going to say, was it us? Oh, man. I was so, I am so proud. Um, And I just, I wanted to tell that story because we need more of that. We do. We just need to see more of it because, you know, you and I have had this conversation, um, especially from, you know, what I've seen in my life and, you know, my friends and, you know, just people that I've encountered over my life. Like, 
fathers are there. They you really have, are. You have some that are not, you know, and I'm not going to say that 100% across the board that every um, every family has a father in the home, but for the most part, the folks that I know, their fathers are there. So, you know, just I wish that the media would show more um, of that instead of, you know, the, the negative stereotype that, you know, it's all, you know, black single mothers and, you know, um, single Single women aren't married, which we do have some of that, but there are fathers there that even if they're not, you know, still married to exactly. um, the mother, they're co-parenting very, very well. So um, that really warmed my heart, and it's good to see stuff like that in the news and, and in the forefront. You know, I have this whole thing about, about, um, and, and it's not an insult, insult to the generation that came before us, but, and, and I'll probably talk about it at some other time, but how our generation is doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel better than the generations that came before us with regards to taking care of kids, sticking around, um, and, and co-parenting and the things that they they go through to make sure that their children are okay. And we'll, we'll talk about it at another time, but I just uh, wrote that on my Facebook status about black fathers being around mm-hmm. uh, a few days ago. And I just get tired of the narrative. I want to dispel that narrative that black men are not out here taking care of their kids because I promise you they are. And the more we talk about the fact that they are and, and you know, put those images out there, number one, it will encourage them to continue to do a good job. Not that they, you know, need encouragement to do what they're supposed to do, but everybody likes a pat on the back. And for those who are not, I'm not saying that, for lack of a better term, it may guilt some individuals into stepping up to the plate. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's just the narrative I want to put out there. It's not false. I know lots of men who are taking care of their kids, and I want them to be recognized. And they should be, especially the fathers who are, you know, not just present but engaged. Because anybody can just be there. But for those of, you know, those men that are out there and they're engaged in their child's life, like they're showing up to these, um, you know, events at the school and sporting events and dance and ballet, and they're actually engaged in the upbringing of these children and, not just present, not just, oh, well, I'm here, you know, like that is a, it deserves a huge pat on the back, even though that's what you're supposed to do. Even mothers deserve a pat on the back because um, although I'm not a parent, I can only imagine how tough it is to raise children, not um, only, uh, you know, by yourself, but even with a partner, it can be difficult, you know, so just kudos to those men for showing up. And I just, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that, um, showed in the media and on our social networking sites and things like that. I agree. Um, is there anything else I wanted to say about it? I feel like there's so much to touch on I think we, with that I, subject. I, yeah, so much, and so much we can go into, but we're going to say that for another time. That's true. I do want <laughs> I do want to say this one last thing, though. Sometimes you don't always have to be called to do something, right? right. So if you want to get together with a group of individuals, it doesn't have to be men. Um, it can be men and women. It can be women. Uh, well, you know, we sh- we usually show up uh, without having to be asked. You know, we're in PTA, mm-hmm. PTA, and all of you that. Say but you ain't got no kids. Girl. I know, right? <laughs> is it PTA or PTO? Right. It's PTA. It's one of them too. You know what it is. If you got kids, <laughs> hopefully you involved. But PTA. Oh, PTO is paid time, pay off. time off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> you- <laughs> y'all ignored that. Okay, I had a little bit of wine. A little. A little bit, but we're going to keep it moving. Okay, keep the party going. So, but you can always reach out to the schools and find out what they need, and they will let you know. Um, 
So don't don't we, we shouldn't always wait to be called mm-hmm. upon. Oh, and uh, one last thing before we get into the subject. Sorry, I'm just going on, but I know you're not gonna do it. So I noticed that Black Smart and, and Proud uh, really launched this week. Yes, it did. Um, and it, it's just so crazy how you can have things that are inside of you for a long period of time and procrastinate and doubt yourself and once you finally you know just make a determination to release that into the world and you receive such positive feedback and interest I just want you guys to know that I have basically like sold out of everything so um I just want to Give a big um, shout out to those that have supported, those that have emailed, those that, you know, have purchased things and text me and call me. And, you know, I've even had people to, you know, call me and message me and be like, you know, I just am proud of you. You've inspired me to do whatever it is I'm thinking about doing. So, you know, that's the whole reason behind Black Smart Proud. It is to show that we are worthy. It's a, a lifestyle brand that we can wear proudly. Um, it speaks for itself, and you know I just look forward to bigger things in the in the future. So Tiffany, thank you for brewing me that you know <laughs> at <Hello. you. laughs> to talk about it. And so you know follow it on IG um, uh, at Black Smart Proud, and the website is www.blacksmartproud.com. And thank you all. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Courtney, yes, you're so black. I'm so black. You're so smart. I'm so smart. I am so proud of you. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I tell everybody, this is a running joke. I always say, you know, people, you know, see me and they may think, uh, think I'm a certain way or have their own perception of me, but I guarantee you I'm the blackest person you're going to ever meet. So um, this is just a personal testament. It's a passion brand to me. And I just, you know, look forward to seeing everybody with their shirts, buttons, and, you know, some uh, new merchandise to come. So just thank you again for everybody supporting me. Awesome. All right. Now, let's get into the content of this show. You ready? I don't know. This is kind of <laughs> heavy. Um, kind of heavy, kind of heavy, but necessary. Yeah, all necessary. So I do want to give a disclaimer. Uh, we at the Culture Shock Podcast are not licensed professionals. We're merely disseminating information that uh, we've researched or talking about our, we're talking about our experiences and just kind of trying to bring awareness to the subject um, of the stigma on mental health in the black community, as I'm sure many of you will have some input. So first, I just want to talk about how a lot of times people don't realize that every part of the body can get sick, okay? Yes, and every, every part of the body can feel pain. Exactly. Uh, our brains are no exception. Uh, in fact, our brains are kind of like the CEO and the board of directors of, mm-hmm. of our entire body, if that helps put it into perspective. It's like the motherboard. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one change, in, one change in your actual brain, depending on you know where the alteration is, can change your whole life, can change the way you react to things, can change uh, even your physicality. So... Mm-hmm. People who have been in car accidents, for example, um, and, you know, their brain is damaged in in one lobe or the other, may not be able to walk a certain way or speak a certain way Mm -hmm. or or feed themselves anymore. Um, And then there are people who have been exposed to traumas or abuse, be it, you know, sexual or, Mm -hmm. you know, physical violence or something like that. 
that can change the chemicals in your brain. Even sustained like emotional abuse. Exactly. Can alter, you know, the way you feel when you hear certain words or, you know, your association with the way you look or, you know, people don't realize that words can affect you and over time that can cause a disruption in your brain and lead to, you know, low self-esteem, negative self-talk and kind of like a vicious cycle. Right. It's all a part of the brain and, and that motherboard that controls the rest of your body. Right. And it really is a coping mechanism for your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I wanted to ask you, first of all, what are some words, just, just thinking back to your childhood or your hometown or growing up, what are some words uh, that are associated and not having any uh, anything to do with anything that you read associated with mental health in our community? Now, do you want me to, to say the real or what you want me to do? I just want you to keep it real. I want you to give me those phrases or um, just words that are associated with black people and mental health that you heard growing up or just even now in your community? Um, You know, growing up, the things that I heard, you know, and it's not funny, but just thinking back to the stuff that people, it's just mind-blowing how um, insensitive people can be. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I heard a lot of, you know, people would say things like, oh, you know, so-and-so crazy. Mm-hmm. Or so-and-so throwed off. That's a big one. Yes. Like, you know, so- saying somebody is throwed off. Um, what's another one that I heard? Uh, I think we mentioned this earlier when I was talking about people being touched and not by an angel. Yes. You know, so just a lot of... Shout out to Della Reese. Shout out to Della Reese, okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know, like, I just had this whole flashback of her getting shot in the pinky toe. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, back to what we were talking about. Um, just a lot of ne- uh, negative stereotypes and... Um, cliches and phrases thrown out about um, people with mental illness um, that's not so nice. And I remember it was probably not until my adulthood that I realized that shell shock meant PTSD. Yes. And, you know, we shorten that and say, oh, you know, so-and-so shell. Like, you know, but not really realizing that shell shock is an actual it's it's a slang for a medical condition. It's PTSD from veterans that have gone and fall and experience things and come back and they have PTSD, which is a medical disorder. Mm-hmm. So those are just some of the things that I heard, you know, growing up and that um, I associated with mental illness before I became aware of the seriousness, um, you know, that comes with being um, mentally ill and having, you know, emotional disturbances. Right. So when I was thinking about this subject, it really hit home. Well, not just hit home because you know we all have our life experiences, but I was kind of thinking about some of the some of our favorite artists, mm-hmm. and I started listing artists that I know for a fact have spoken on um, mental illness, and some of them have kind of been pushed to the side, kind of like those family members that that we know and love, or friends that we know and love that have been pushed to the side when they talk about um, mental illness. But this is on a more public uh, platform, mm-hmm. so. Make like Little Wayne, D- did he say he had? He did. Dmx, Kid okay, Cudi, DMX, Kid Kanye. Remember, oh, yeah. Kanye had a full on breakdown. Um, even in some of the lyrics, like Kendrick in "You," he talks about depression, like having depression. And then Scarface. Listen, my mind is playing tricks on me. It's one of my favorite songs, and I was just listening to it this week, thinking. Listen. Wow, he really put it out there. He said, um, having fatal thoughts of suicide. Yes. 
like bang and get it over with and then i'm worry free listen i watched the um ghetto boys unsung uh-huh. and that's when i realized that scarface suffered from mental illness um but this is a sidebar okay i used to be listen when young tv raps used to come on and that video would come on i was terrified of that video that's like one of the <laughs> rightfully so i was so that video used to freak me out rightfully um, so and now thinking and realizing you know what scarface actually was dealing with and you know i don't know where he is in his life's journey at this point if he's still you know struggling with that but that's a serious thing because when someone says my mind is playing tricks on me like you think about folks who have bipolar disorder and schizophrenia and these things are real Mm -hmm. to them you know so just to to be in your body and not have control over your mind is scary but i think it's a brave thing that he did by even releasing a song and saying my mind is playing tricks on me and being open enough to share that with everybody with his fans and you know people that may have been in his family that he may not have shared that with at that time so yeah it's a lot of artists out there that um that suffer from mental illness and they self-medicate like we see um it a lot in the hollywood culture and the entertainment industry with people you know self-medicating with drugs and alcohol sex um shopping addictions you know a lot of those behaviors are um attempts to self-medicate for a deeper issue that may or may not be addressed effectively so right yeah looking at looking towards artists for for that type of um uh you know to identify with i think can be um, a good thing and in a way to like open your eyes to to know that this affects not only us you know regular people but people who are been blessed and and um you know with their talents and and have money or rich or, or fame or what have you that we all go through these Right. So today what we want to do is kind of tackle mental illness in the black community from a broad spectrum Mm -hmm. and talk about some statistics, talk about some experiences, and then talk about how people can get help. Because that, I mean, that kind of brings it full circle. That's the most important part. We don't want to just talk about it. We want to figure out how we can get through it um, in a healthy manner. So I came up or... In, in looking at statistics and, and looking at disorders, kind of wanted to touch on five of the reasons that prevent the community at large from seeking treatment. Mm-hmm. And I know this is going to ruffle a lot of feathers, but the very first one is faith and spirituality. Child, um, child. And we in the Bible Belt, too. Yeah, the black church. Definitely um, going to ruffle some feathers, but, you know, PSA, you cannot pray away cannot mental pray it away. health disorders now can we say it again for the people in the back for the people in the back <clears throat> you cannot pray, pray away mm-mm. mental health disorders you, you just cannot do that now it can be a part of the recovery process but it shouldn't be the only option no. especially when medicine or therapy is a necessity a necessity and i find that you know um people you know use their religion sometimes as a crutch mm-hmm. Um, and you know, being, you know, my primary career is, is in healthcare. So, you know, if you, if you think about it on like a logical level, you know, whatever God you pray to, or if you believe in just a creator or what have you, that creator, that God, or, you know, whoever that is that you're praying to and you're believing in for your faith, they created doctors, nurses, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, certain medications to assist you in being your best self. So um, I don't know why, you know, it's pushed in our community so much that you can just 
spray it away, even when it relates to, you know, folks in their um, sexual identity, their gender identity, their sexual preferences. It's just, you know, if it doesn't align with this, pray it away. And that's not the case. That's, right. that, that's not effective in um, this type of situation. You know, I, I really think a lot of it comes from misinformation. And it's funny because these five things tie into one another. Um, but a lot of times, even in church or like, community they're just repeating what they heard when they were growing up there's no you know information behind it sustainable information Mm -hmm. behind what they're saying yes prayer is essential if you have a prayer life then you you need it to sustain but um it's not it's not medicine and it's not therapy now don't get me wrong faith and spirituality and a connection with the higher power in conjunction with appropriate medical treatment can definitely, mm-hmm. you know, help the situation and get you to a healthier mental space. But just that alone is is not um, going to be sufficient for someone with a clinical mental health disorder, someone that is really suffering, someone with, you, you know, say a bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or sometimes even like ADHD or, um, you know, things like that. Like it is not going to uh, uh, solely... Um, remove that disorder or treat it. So you have to, to, to review all of your, your options. And I think I said that wrong. It's ADHD. Did mm-hmm. I say that correctly? Yeah, I said it correctly. Definitely the second time. <laughs> not the first time. Okay, moving on. Yep. So so then the second thing is um, lack of information. You know, because mental health is misunderstood a lot in the black community. It's, um, it's also often associated with the fear that, you know, they'll look a certain way mm-hmm. because mental health or... Uh, mental instability has a certain look so they don't like you you touched on it earlier when you said you know it's associated with words like crazy and I always think like it's associated with words uh like weak yeah weakness and so people look at it that way and go it's not even up for discussion and you know that's the only way we really learn about things when it's when it's open for discussion so Lack of knowledge is the second thing. Mm-hmm. Another reason I found is medication. So yes. some people are diagnosed, right? And they are put on medicines. And there are studies which, you know, I can't currently attest to the validity of, right? Mm-hmm. But they indicate that we metabolize medicine slower. And yet when we go to the doctor, statistically speaking, we are still given higher dosages, okay? So higher dosages, how do I want to put this? Okay, higher dosages have... um, Higher side effects. Exactly. Negative, (laughs) negative side effects. I definitely want to make sure I say the word negative side effects. Because I don't know if you've ever had a family member that was diagnosed with something, anything, and they were put on meds and the meds made them sick, especially if they're older. The first thing they think to do is change the schedule of the meds and... Stop taking and or stop taking them all together, which is the worst thing you can do when taking medications for a mental health disorder. Um, typically, with those types of medications, it takes about a month for you to notice um, the actual um, benefit to those medicines. So, you know, your family or you or your friends, you know, taking it for two weeks and, and they feel a certain way um, and they stop. It's going to have um, a worse effect mm-hmm. than before they was even taking the medicine. So you have to make sure that if you start that type of medication that you stay in contact 
with your um, health care provider and say, hey, you know, call them or, you know, a lot of times um, uh, these larger health systems have the um, online portal. So, you know, message them and be like, look, I'm feeling X, Y, Z. Is this is this normal? Because they can advise you like, yes, you will feel this way up until X, Y, Z date. And then they can either have you back in. They can adjust the medication or switch you to one that's in the same family without just stopping it abruptly and you experiencing those extreme negative effects from the medication. Okay, come through subject matter expert. Okay, I'm a resident nurse now. I'm, I'm a little hood, but I got me a degree from the WSS of you. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this is another episode for another Tuesday, but... Um, I'm huge about asking questions. I will ask you questions until I understand, and I'll challenge my physician, and this isn't, it's not to upset anybody with a degree, but everybody didn't make straight A's. Okay, C's um, do get degrees. Exactly. So, um, I, what I do is, and this is just in general, like going to the doctor for anything, I take a notepad, and I take a notepad with all of my questions. So I have preset questions. I write down everything that my physician has said. If I come back to the doctor on my next visit, whether it's, you know, just for a checkup or whatever, and they say something contradictory, I can't get my words together today. Um, But if they contradict something that they said last time, I have it right there in writing. Uh, So don't be afraid to ask your provider questions because, you know, yes, you may have insurance, but somebody is paying for you to be there. You're paying to be there, um, and that's what they're there for. So, you know, I think some people are are generally afraid to contest, and and you should not be because this is your health and your life. And another thing, just to touch on that, and I don't want to go too far off the subject, but um, if you're ever, um, you know, being seen by a provider and they make you feel like they don't want to answer your questions or they're too busy to answer your questions, you can always be referred to someone else who has time for you mm-hmm. because that's what they're there for and that's what they're being paid for. So I just want to put that out there. Um, you know, working in healthcare, that's one thing. I actually like when someone says, well, why am I getting this? Well, what, you know, what does this mean? Or why is this happening? Because that shows that you're processing and you're taking your healthcare into your own hands. So if you're ever in that situation, ask for a referral. And get the hell up out of there because ain't nobody got time for that. Exactly. Okay. So reason number four, inequality of care. Whew, this is this is a big one. So inequality of care due to conscious or unconscious biases is still unequal care. Okay. Yes. Um, and sometimes it's because of or due to lack of cultural understanding. Uh but it still results in misdiagnosis a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I know uh, you and I were talking about schizophrenia at some point before we started recording the show, and I was just telling you that, you know, schizophrenia became the black man's disease. And not to say that black men, or some statistically some men don't have schizophrenia, but a lot of times they would just make misdiagnoses. Mm-hmm. It, w- it would just be a misdiagnosis, excuse me. Um just because they don't understand culturally, like what's going on with us or how we explain things. Yes, that's um, a big one. The even though we're speaking English, there is still a language barrier. Exactly. Um, and especially when you know, and this is you know, someone can look this up and you know, message us if it's wrong. But I know a few years ago, the average reading level of the United States was on a fifth grade reading level. 
So, you know, if, if providers are not aware that, you know, yeah, this person may have been functioning, but they only read at a third grade level, and I'm throwing big medical words at you, you don't understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying. And then it goes back to feeling like you can't, you know, ask the good doctor any questions. You're saying, yeah, 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 I agree. And then when you get home, you don't know what the hell they done gave you. Exactly. So, you know, that also plays into the inequality of care and, um, you know, that language barrier and a cultural barrier. I guess that's what that would be like, you know, them yes. not understanding us, um, our culture um, and how we perceive pain and how we communicate mental anguish um, and, you know, feeling like we have to be strong. You know, I know that there are many a praying grandmothers okay. that were probably depressed for years on yes. years, but because they had to be a strong matriarch, they didn't feel comfortable saying, it's days where I can't pull myself out of bed. It's days where I can't stop my mind from racing, right. which are all things normal that people experience, but we have just been taught that don't talk about those things or certain stuff needs to be behind closed doors or you know, um, you know, just that negative stigma that has been passed down from generation to generation and, you know, helps to um, propel that um, inequality of care in our communities. Very true. Um, so then there's another issue. I kind of mark this as the fifth one. And like I said, there are, the list goes on. But this one, a lot of, it causes a lot of controversy. So, the ramifications of slavery, right? That they want us to forget. Yes. Okay. Systemic I racism. Sti- I still ain't got my 40 acres in a you're not. Yo! You're not going to. I Just save it. your money. No. Save your money and buy some. Um, the ramifications of slavery, uh, systemic racism, and white supremacy. So I am of the mindset that they do mentally affect our people at large. You yes. know, I you can see it. Um, and if you think about it from a historical standpoint, Back in the day. Back in the day. Yes. But they weren't they weren't cool. They weren't cool. Okay. (laughs) During during the time that I'm talking about, you know, overt displays of of mental illness resulted in more frequent beatings, um, and harsher harsher punishment. And so that would make slaves and their families find ways to kind of hide mental illness or kind of joke it off. And you can even see that in in the community now, kind of just trying to play it off or joke it off. Um, But not not even during slavery, right? So let's fast forward a little bit. It, there have been several instances in history where Go ahead, girl, spit it out. I, 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 I try to be careful, preach. right? The church is listening. <laughs> the congregation is ready. So, so the the Caucasian community or or white supremacy holistically has built mistrust. Um, mm, hallelujah. I will use the example of the Tuskegee experiment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you yes. have what six hundred? I believe it was six hundred black men with the disease. I think maybe. Close to 400 already had syphilis and a little, maybe 200 or 201. I think that was the, the number, 201, 399 to 201. So 201 men were injected with the disease. They were not told that they had the disease. They were offered, and this this goes back to, you know, everything. I mean, ain't nothing free, right? No. Because they offered them free medical care, free meals, and they offered them free burial insurance. 
Courtney just rolled her I eyes. I just rolled my eyes because my face is hot. But yeah. go ahead. And so <laughs> they had syphilis. Um, some of them were injected and they were not treated. They were merely studied. And then if you think about the fact that a lot of these men had families, you have to consider the fact that they passed syphilis on to uh, their wives or girlfriends and children and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. When you... In hindsight, hear about things like that happening to your community, you're less likely to trust physicians who don't look like you. Yes, exactly. And so that's a whole nother ball game. I mean, there there are plenty of other instances, but that's a whole nother ball game where we don't we don't even go to the doctor like we're supposed to, whether it's for physical illness or mental illness mm-hmm. for those reasons. So Yeah, that's a that's a, an awesome point. Even you know, now this is somewhat off topic, but even with like, you know, people are scared to get a flu vaccine. Yeah. I mean, you know, because it's just that mistrust that, you know, what could you possibly be injecting me with it? Or what kind of study am I in without my knowledge? Mm -hmm. And, you know, luckily, you know, I can only speak from my experiences. Um, Most clinical trials that are, you know, enacted upon humans, uh, you know, (laughs) They have the person's consent, mm-hmm. um, you know, because of historical events such as that, um, you know, so there is a lot of mistrust in our communities. Um, but, you know, I would just say if you have any, you know, in any other nurses, they probably gonna kill me for saying this because we get tired of this sometimes. But if you have any nurses or anyone in your family and you you feel like you have a question or you feel like, OK, it's been, you know, four or five weeks and I haven't felt like getting up and, and, and doing anything with my friends or I don't feel like, you know, I can't make it out of my bed or it, it physically and mentally is hurting me to to just go about my daily life. Ask someone that you know that may be in healthcare and say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. Is this normal? You know, and then allow them to guide you and give you some, some information that you can trust because within our community, there is a high um, rate of mistrust when it comes to, I want to say anybody in authority that doesn't look like I agree. Ooh, Anyone in authority. We, we don't show. trust nobody, okay? But that's just, you know, our upbringing and, and our culture and our community, you know. Um, we we sometimes fear those who don't look like us with good reason, though. Right. So, right. That was a good point. Thanks. And um, <laughs> I know we've discussed it before. That whole slavery and racism, white supremacy, uh, and how it affects us today, that's basically a series. So, We'll be talking more about that as well. Yes, a lot about that because I got a lot to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so some of the common disorders, and, and you probably have a list too, but I know we touched on PTSD. We did. Um, I know a lot of times people will associate PTSD with uh, war, but it's not all the trauma is not always from um, you know having to go overseas mm-hmm. or having to you know fight an enemy that you know nothing about. Um, so we want to tackle that. And then clinical depression, mm-hmm. which is so common. It's so common. And it's more than just sadness. Right. It's more than just sadness because, you know, if you're living and you're on this side of the earth, you're going to experience periods of sadness or moments of sadness. And you're going to have to deal with grief. But um, if if it's something that persists to the point to where you cannot, you know, function in your daily life or complete your daily activities, that's something more than sadness. That's something more than just, oh, girl, forget about him. Like, you'll get over it. Like, it's something more than that that may need 
um, you know, professional help. And right. we have to realize that, or even with the men, you know, um, men are, are very into their bravado and their ego and wanting to feel, you know, bigger than life and in charge and, you know, the leader in which, you know, I respect all of that because I love me a man that can lead. Okay. But you can't lead nothing if you're mentally sick. So if, if you have, you know, that issue where you're struggling with that and you're not sure what it is, ask somebody because clinical depression is something totally different than just intermittent sadness. Right. And um, I guess so while we're tackling, tackling it, I just want to go back to the PTSD then. So I, I want to give the people some um, some signs. Mm -hmm. So and it doesn't mean that if you're suffering from any of these signs individually that you have PTSD, but um, it's associated with anxiety, uh, with flashbacks triggered by a tra traumatic event, uh, guilt, loneliness and insomnia, um, nightmares or severe anxiety. Mm -hmm. And uh, what else did I read? Self-destructive behavior, mm -hmm. social isolation, irritability, loss of interest in activities, and emotional detachment. So those things, and if you are experiencing those things and think that you, you know, may be suffering from PTSD or from clinical depression, um, you may want to reach out to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or... Or even your primary care your, provider. Your primary care provider, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, a phrase that I've heard a lot, like starting around November, the beginning of November, is that it's suicide season. And because yes. seasonal, and this is another um, disorder that I don't think a lot of people realize mm -hmm. is a thing, and it's SAD, is seasonal affect disorder, and it's when people experience depression um, around the change of a season, like, you know, especially around the holiday season, it gets really, really bad, mm -hmm. so I think that's probably where the suicide season comes into play is when individuals have, um, you know, seasonal affect disorder and may not realize it. But that is a, a, a clinical disorder. It's a real thing. It's a medical term, and people are diagnosed with it all the time. Yeah. Here in America, you know, nearly 45,000 people commit suicide every year. Too many. And something that I saw said, and, you know, don't quote me on this. I, I can't remember what the source is, but... For every suicide that is successful, if you will, there are 25 attempts. And when I thought about that, I was just thinking, well, all 25 attempts don't necessarily come from the person who succeeded. And I was just thinking, check on people. Yes. Your check strong on friends. people. Yes. Your strong friends. Let me tell you, a lot of the times, and I think, you know, this was brought to my attention, and it may have been a forum that you and I went to, that forum we went to um, about patriarchy. A lot of the times when people are strong, they didn't get strong by wanting to be strong. Something happened to them that they had to push through and overcome. So check on your strong friends because just because someone seems happy on the outside or, you know, they're bubbly and always, you know, the life of the party. But, you know, then after that party, you don't hear from them at all. Exactly. Check on them because you never know what someone is struggling with. And that phone call or that text or that DM might open the door to them expressing their feelings and, you know, leaning on you to help them. So always check on your strong friends. Even if it's somebody that, you know, you may not think is classically the strongest person, but if you hadn't heard from them in a while, you know what I'm saying? Like, text them, call them and be like, hey, you good? Like, I ain't heard from you. What's up? Right. So, you know, I think that's important for us to build 
our own support system and keep in contact with our tribe to make sure that we're all mentally, you know, healthy and we, we move through life together and, you know, as Jita Bush would say, no child left behind, okay? <laughs> we got to pull all of us along, you know, on this journey together to the best of our ability. Not to say that we can prevent everything or we, you know, can, can see the signs because the thing about, you know, suicide and somebody is set on doing it, they're going to, you know, in their minds, find a way to do it. So the thing is catching those behaviors early, checking on them earlier before they get to the point to where that plan is in place. Um, because that's one of the things they teach us, you know, they taught us in school is if someone says, you know, I feel like I want to hurt myself. The first thing we ask is, do you have a plan? Because when somebody has a plan, that's like the end stages right. there. So the key is, you know, everyone having an awareness to the signs and symptoms and staying in touch with one another, checking on your family, being open to listening and not, you know, brushing people off and their feelings off. Um, I think that's a big thing is the prevention aspect. Right. Whew. It's heavy. heavy. We know it's I was heavy. Just getting ready to say we that. know it's heavy, but you know, this is um, one of our goals with the Culture Shock podcast is to shock our community and our loved ones into, you know, awareness about the issues within our community. So if we seem passionate, if we seem fired up, that's because we love you all and we want you to get this information and pass it along so all of us can move forward together. Right. Together. We are stronger together. That's really been my thing for like the last two weeks. Just walking around telling my friends that reminding my family that hey, you know, you you'll have people thank you for some of the minuscule things and, and it's kinda like, yeah, but we need each other. People need each other. Um, we were talking, you know, before we started as well, we were talking about statistics. Mm -hmm. And, yes, so people like to say um, the African-American community has the lowest statistics in suicide, right? We're at approximately 6.1 now? 6.1%. But when you compare that to what our percentage is, and forgive me because I can't remember the numbers, but when you consider what our percentage is in relation to other ethnic groups, mm -hmm. That's too high. That's a lot because we're 13, is, aren't we like 13% yes. of the population? Yes. And we have a 6.1% suicide rate. So when you think about that number, 6.1, but we're only 13% of the population, that is a huge number of suicides each yes. year. Um, so there's got to be, you know, some type of, um, you know, underlying factors and issues that are, are causing such an increase in that. And I'm not trying to be preachy, but I feel like the pressures sometimes of social media kind of uh, enhance that or feeling like you got to keep up with the Joneses. Especially with children. Especially with children. That's, um, you know, a, a huge aspect. And I think that, and this is getting personal, mm -hmm. this is something that I have tried to wrap my head around because, you know, I'm only 31, but, you know, I'm not a teenager anymore. I'm not in middle school, not in high school. And so I had to check myself one day because I was like, oh, so-and-so, they picking on them. Like, I mean, beat them up. Like, that's not the way to go. And it's not as simple as things were even when I was a child because, you know, somebody pick on you, somebody bully you, you know, either it'll die down or you get in a fight and then you move on. But now you have social media. They're filming each other, they're posting it, and that stuff never goes away. So they're reliving these nightmares day in, day out, day in, day out. Like, I don't know if you watched the series on Netflix, The 13 Reasons Why. Mm -mm, and I, I wouldn't watch it. It, it was 
it was heavy and it was eye-opening because I can see how those types of things um, happen because, you know, and this is getting personal, but when I was growing up, I probably had some issues of depression. Like, right. you know, just, just not feeling, you know, worthy and accepted or feeling like I had to do extra to fit in. But luckily, I had, you know, um, family members and people that love me and friends, you know, like they say that group text that'll hype you up, you know, those sorts of things to help pull me out of that and to shock me back into reality. But not everybody. Everybody does not have, have that, that platform. Yes. Right. Agree. Um, so that's just a reminder, guys. Seek help. If you know you have loved ones who are suffering, try to help them get help because I can't do without y'all. I'm sure you can't do without me, Courtney. I can't do without you. I can't do without you either. We need each other. People need people. That's as right, we, as girl. As Nene said on uh, <laughs> Real Housewives, I see, I see you. you. We see each other. That's okay? right. We see each other. I love it. All right. I'm going to check on you. And, and I'm like that with my friends. Like, yeah. Sometimes somebody will just get on my heart, and I may not pry or be invasive, but I will shoot you a, hey, girl, text mm-hmm. in a minute. Same. Because, I mean, like, I haven't heard from you. Like, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Yeah. So I think that's that's very important that we hold on to one another and, you know, make sure that we all are mentally um, healthy. And if someone, you know, has an issue, try your best to help them. And even if you don't have all the answers, say, okay, well, I mean, I can help you, and I don't know what you're dealing with, but I got Dr. Google, right? okay? And we're going to find you somebody that can help you. Even that little bit is being a friend to someone, not judging them, not telling them to pray it away, not telling them to get over it, not brushing them off as crazy or um, unstable, any of those, you know, negative connotations, not doing that, just being someone that can listen and give a helping hand will, you know, even if it saves one person, that's more than, you know, we would have lost. That's right. So. What you want to talk about next, girl? Well, <laughs> I think that was a perfect segue. So let's talk about how, how people can get some help then. Yes. Um, resources, resources, resources. Because yeah. they are out there. We just have to, um, you know, know where we can go and, and find those resources and, resources and look for them. So they're out there. Yep. So, um. Uh, Suicide hotline. So they have it available where if you don't want to call, you can send a text now. If you text connect, the word connect to 741-741, you will get a specialist that will reach out to you immediately, find out what's going on with you, try to get you to a safe place, a safe place mentally, and then try to get you to a safe place physically, and and you guys can go from there. So I thought that was neat because I've heard of – phone numbers uh that you can and we'll give you some of those as well but never a text system that's showing that we're moving ahead progressive yeah that it's it's simpler to just text and even with this day and age like we have gone to the well i'll just text you like yeah you know you get a missed call and you'd be like let me text her back right you know because you may be busy or you know doing whatever and it's just easier to text and you know even with personal communication with DMs and you know what have you it's easier to sometimes get your feelings out if you're texting which is to me sort of like writing you know right. what I'm saying so it's easier to get your uh, yeah it's easier to get your feelings out and, and communicate what you're trying to say better so if you need to text that number if you're feeling like you're having issues if you're having thoughts and you can't talk to anybody 
um, that's a good number for you to reach out to, and they will make sure that you get assistance speedily. True. So the Suicide Prevention Resource Center also gives a phone number for suicide, the Suicide Prevention Lifeline and for mental health issues. So that number is 1-800-273-TALK. That is 1-800-273-8255 or 1-800-273-TALK. And I liked that one because um, they were specific to gender and ethnic groups. So we talked about, you know, uh, cultural competence, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so they are, they specify, they, they make sure that they cater to your needs according to your gender and your ethnic group. And then there are a couple directories. Did you have anybody that you wanted to talk about? Um, yeah, just a few websites that you can reach out to to get more information, even if it's, you know, to look up certain symptoms or, you know, see if what you're dealing with may be something that's a clinical issue. You can reach out to the National Alliance on Mental Health, which is NAMI.org, for more information. Also, um, minorityhealth.hhs.gov. That is the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Offices of Minority Health. Repeat um, that so one. Repeat it. I'll yes. So, minorityhealth.hhs.gov. That is the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health. Also, mentalhealth.gov. Mm -hmm. And another thing, too, you know, we use Google to look up Jordan releases and Everything. all kind of fancy Chanel Prada and Gucci. So if you go into Sister Google mm -hmm. and type in, um, and I did this today to make sure that I'm giving you all correct information. I went into Google and I typed community resources, Charlotte, North Carolina. And the Mecklenburg County Public Health um, Community Resource Guide popped up in a PDF file nice. with 10 pages of mental health resources for children, for the elderly, for adults, you know, um, everything. So just Google community resources in your city and state and resources should pop up for you. Also, another good thing, um, since we're in the technology age, um, if you're worried about like the cost of therapy or locating a therapy, um, you can download Talkspace therapy app and you'll be able to talk to a therapist on your phone for a cheaper rate. So those are, you know, options for you. If you're struggling and you don't know where to get help, you can look into those resources that we just mentioned and hopefully get someone that can assist you um, in a timely fashion and get you to where and who you need. Perfect. So then now I do like this. Um, you know, I recently moved to the area and I was looking for a new doctor. And I'll ask for a referral. So when in doubt, do ask for a referral from friends, family, or, or other physicians, um, even if those physicians aren't black. But if you're looking for an African-American doctor, you can go to blackdoctor.org slash find a doctor. And it will give you African-American doctors who are signed up or registered on the site for your area. In the like, you can also find a therapist in the same way. So the therapy resource directory listed is www.abpsi.org slash find a psychologist. That's www.abpsi.org slash find a psychologist. Okay. Also, another tidbit, and you know, this is 
you know, Tiffany and I's podcast, and one thing that I want to do is keep it real. And, you know, we talked about Cardi and uh, about how we loved her or how real she is. There's a, um, a page on Instagram, and it's um, called uh, Therapy for Black Girls. Yes. I have used that site to find resources, and I know other people that have used that site to find resources. So one of the things with um, destroying that stigma related to mental health is being open to say, girl, yeah, I had some issues. Like, I had to work through this stuff to be a better person for me and my family and my friends. Like, that is bravery, um, a, you know, the epitome of bravery. So um, look up that site. It's um, Therapy for Black Girls, at Therapy for Black Girls. If you want a woman um, psychiatrist or psychologist or even a counselor just to work things through, you know, use that site and find you someone to get that stuff out because, you know, I'm going to say it until the end of time. We need all of you here. We need our tribe. We need our community. If we're going to make changes in this world, if we're going to propel our community forward, we need everybody here happy, healthy, and whole. So look into those resources if you need them. I love it. So... What's next? Uh, uh, what's next? Uh, what's next? You're so ready. Uh, so hype. Uh, 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 girl, yeah. You know I love that kind of song. When in we started, you, you were Courtney B. Cold as hell, but it looks like you warmed up. Courtney, so. Courtney B. Hot, okay? <laughs> Muy damn caliente. <laughs> <laughs> there goes that. They swing it um, in the, I, Listen, I love Jesus, but I love me some cuss words, okay? Courtney gonna cuss. We so see. if you don't like curse words, this might not be for you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go. What's a, um? I want to give another call to action. So call the saints uh, to the altar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a good word for good people. Let the church say amen. Amen. Okay. So what is your good word for the good people this week to carry them through a quarter? Um, good word for the good people. Of the Culture Shock Podcast congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, my good word for this week is, um, it's just been resounding in my head and in my spirit. Um, know your worth. Yes. Know your worth, folks. Like, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in a friendship, whether it's at your job, know your worth, okay? Now, I'm not saying go to your boss and say you expect a $3 million salary and you doing a 25 thousand dollar work ethic that's not what i'm saying but if you're prepared and you got your shit together you got your good hbcus degree or other degrees i ain't gonna just say that but you know what i'm saying you got your stuff together demand your worth expect your worth stand up for what you deserve even with your your relationships with your girlfriends your boyfriends your husbands your wives even your family if someone is not treating you up to your worth it's okay to step away from that it's okay to demand better and just move forward knowing your worth and never faltering or accepting less. That's my good word for the good people. Okay? Oh, and it's a good word. That was a good word. Hey, I was I preaching. I'm I, proud of you. They're going to give me a minister license, chap. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to speak against that. Oh, I can't be a minister. You can do whatever you want to. Okay, I'm going to be all I can be. And if ministry is down the line, child, I'm going I'm to accept that blessing, honey. You don't want to go against the Lord. I know that's the, okay, with you, a T on the with end. With a T, you don't want to block your blessing, okay? <laughs> so, let's see. What is my good word for the good people? Listen, you always, listen, you be giving me some good words. 
You like a baby Iyala. Don't do that. So I, I need I, to add Iyala. No, ma'am. And be like, you need to get Tiffany on it to help you fix some lies. No. Because some of them people that was on that show live still ain't <laughs> fixed, okay? Because I'll be like, girl, I'm did laughing. Iyala help you? No. Who has she helped? She tried to help Kevin McCall, but he still is running amok all through the church house. Maybe we should change that then. I don't want to be a baby Iyala. I don't want to be that. I'm like, Kevin, you you too fine to be crazy. But the cra- but the fine ones be crazy. Anyway, go on to your good word. <laughs> go on to your good word. Y'all should have seen how I was standing. Next caller. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I guess to coincide with the theme, right? So I would say don't tell friends silence. Ring the alarm if you have to. Beyonce reference. At Ring every turn. Alarm. At every turn. <laughs> um, remember, we do need each other. And we are stronger together. Show compassion where it is needed. And check on someone this week. Mm-hmm. That's my good word. Take care of you. And know that the Culture Shop podcast is always rooting for you. You know, even if we have not met or spoken with you directly yet, yet, we love you. We love you, and we are so appreciative of you, and we want to keep engaging with you. So, practice in those self-care behaviors. Um. Oh, just as a side note, I saw a good meme, and it was like something about like self-care is not a twenty-dollar bad bomb, and all of this. Sometimes it's saying no. Indeed. Sometimes it's laying on your couch and catching up on your Netflix by your lonesome with some wine and just. You time. So take those moments to invest in that self-care to stay rejuvenated because it is impossible. And I'm going to go back to Iyama. It is impossible to pour into others from an empty glass. Okay? So make sure that you stay filled up. That's another word. Because, see, I'm telling you, girl, I be preaching. People just don't know. No. (laughs) That's good stuff. I was just getting ready to ask you what some of your decompression tips are. Um, well, I just said one. Like, Watching TV and catching up on my shows, I know that sounds corny, but that is decompression for me because especially with, like, reality TV, I get to watch somebody else's drama and my drama. So, you know, I feel like just um, catching up on TV shows that I may like. Um, Reading books is a good um, decompression um, skill that I like to utilize. Journaling is something that I like to utilize. Um, you know, venting, but make sure that you're um, seeking, uh, you know, good advice and, and, and venting to someone that is supportive and going to keep all your business confidential. Like, you can't just be spilling tea to everybody. But, you know, venting, um, therapy. I yes. go to therapy. I don't think anything is wrong with it. Um, you know, it allows me to vent and to say the things that I may not be able to say to those I love or those I care about. Um, also I have begun the practice recently, um, of negating every negative thought that comes into my head. Okay. So if something comes into my head and I feel like, man, it ain't going to work. I instantly say to myself, yeah, it is going to work because God said it was going to work. Right. You know, or if, you know, someone, you know, treats me some kind of way and I feel like, well, man, I must not be good enough. No, I say to myself, no, you are good enough. It's their problem. They ain't got nothing to do with you. So those are, are good self, um, care um, activities that I divulge in and also get manis and pedis and get in my hersies yes. and buying cute clothes. All that kind of stuff to take care of me is what I do to make sure that I'm, you know, mentally healthy and praying to my Lord to keep me healthy. <laughs> I, you know what? My list is similar to yours, so I won't rename them, but one thing I noticed that I, because I'm on the go all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So one thing I have learned to do is close my eyes. 
and it doesn't matter where I am and it doesn't matter how many people are there if I start to get anxious or overwhelmed I will close my eyes I'm not rolling them I'm just refocusing I'm taking a couple deep breaths I'm going inside of myself and saying okay you can do this you just need a second Mm -hmm. and Courtney that really helps well sometimes you you have to take a step back like I've learned that you know within the last you know few few months I would even say is that sometimes you have to take a step back and take yourself out of the situation to really see it so if you closing your eyes and going into yourself and 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 getting your game plan together or you know trying to figure out like okay is this situation about me or is this about them because if it's about them I can go ahead and remove myself like this has nothing to do yes. with me or if it is about you coming back to yourself closing your eyes taking a minute and saying okay before I say something or do something that I cannot take back That's me. or you know make a situation worse what can I do in this moment to fix it so I think that's an awesome way to practice self-care. And that's also self-control, too. Very much. So, Courtney B. and I want to know what your decompression tips are. And if you guys have additional resources for the stigma on black health or you just want to talk to us about the subject, talk about your experiences, please hit us up on social media. So, we have Instagram. You guys have been really good with connecting with us there at Culture Talk Podcast. On Twitter, we are culture underscore podcast. We now have a Facebook um, page by request. By request. Y'all was not. <laughs> yeah, Lisa, they were not joking. You, thank you. Thank y'all because y'all been keeping us on it. Like, yeah. when y'all gonna get on this? When you gonna get on that? We need this. <laughs> we need, I'm like, girl. Okay. People, Episode one. The people are not playing with us. So thank you for holding us accountable within the first week. Yes. Thank you for your retweets. Um, we're on SoundCloud, which is where most of you have been listening to us. Make sure you follow us on SoundCloud. Don't just listen to us there. And reach out to us. You know, comment while you're listening to the show. We can see the comments there. We are officially on iTunes. Yay! We on iTunes, <laughs> And you can email us. We definitely want to hear from you at uh, blackcultureshockpodcast at gmail.com. We check the email every day, so... Uh, We're looking forward to next week. We hope you enjoyed this week. Uh, We hope to hear some feedback from you. Yes, tell us what you want to hear. We're open to ideas and concepts and conversations. So if it's something that you want to hear us talk about or something that's on your heart that you want to lay up up for God on the altar to discuss and to dissect and to break apart for the betterment of the black community, bring it to us and we will do our best to um, talk about it and put it on an episode of the podcast. That's right. So I am a girl named Tiffany. And I am Courtney B. This is the Culture Shock Podcast. And we out. We out, B. <laughs> <laughs>